Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Looking above, this is episode 30. My name is Karen. I'm here again with the lovely Brooklyn. Hello. And we are continuing our chat through the book of Ephesians. This week we are in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look at the first 20 verses of this chapter, which I love. I probably say that every week, but I really love this. And then we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Yes. So hang with us. This is a full of information kind of podcast, and... It's just some good stuff. Yeah, there is. We just, we pray it before our podcast and we've just been praying that whatever needs to jump out at you does. Cause there is a lot in these. Yes. I love that because what one of us needs to hear might not be what the other one needs to hear right now. And Mm -hmm. so that is our prayer that whatever is in here that you would take from it, what the Holy Spirit wants your heart to hear and Oh, it's so much, so much. So we will just start right away in verse one that says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. I love this verse. I've actually preached on this before. Some of you may have heard that it was a long, long time ago. But first off, whenever we see the word therefore, and you may have heard pastors say this before, when you see the word therefore in scripture, you want to find out what it's there for. <laughs> I have never heard You've that. Never That's heard really cool. That? Yeah. yeah, no. So when we see that, we need to figure out why it's there. And it's typically saying refer back to the last thing that was said. So in this case, we would go back to chapter four, verse 20, uh, 32. The last phrase there says, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So that's kind of leading into this because of God's forgiveness, because of what God has done to us for us. Therefore, yeah imitate God in everything you do. So it gives us that basis. It's an easy thing to remember Mm -hmm. when you see the word, therefore, what is it there for? I love that. So because God has forgiven us, we are to imitate him in not just some things, but in everything, everything. So that feels really big to me. (laughs) feels a little daunting. Because you are his dear children, and I love that right there, because you are his dear children. When we think about a child, who often do they emulate? Yeah, their Their parents, parents, right? They look up to their mom. They look up to their dad. They want to be like them, usually. Mm -hmm. Usually it's because their parent is someone worth Mm -hmm. emulating in their eyes. Or we just even think about the fact that we become like the people we spend time with, right? Uh So... Children want to imitate their parents. 
This word imitate is mimetes, which is where we would get the word mime or mimic. Mm-hmm. So it's, but it really is this emulating. And when we think of emulating, it's usually someone you look up to, someone you respect. I want mm-hmm. to be like them. Like, yeah. wow, Brooklyn really shines for Jesus. I want to be like her. So therefore it would be imitate her. In this case, it's imitate God. God. Yeah. So we do that. We want to em- emulate imitate God. It's kind of like a, um, game of follow the leader is what I would like to think of it as, Mm -hmm. right? We have to watch God's example and then we imitate it. We follow the leader. We live similarly. So in order for that to happen, if we're going to follow the leader, what do we have to do? We have to watch the leader. Right. Right. And we have to know him. Mm -hmm. And this is where many of us as Christ followers maybe sometimes fail, I don't want to use the word fail, but fall short Mm -hmm. is that if we aren't watching him, if we aren't close enough to him, if we don't know God well, how in the world are we ever going to imitate him? Right. You can't. So instead we might imitate a person who's Mm -hmm. imitating God, right? We might be like, oh, I want to be like my pastor. So I'm going to imitate them as they imitate God. Which isn't bad, but then you think about follow the leader or telephone, and things always get misconstrued by <laughs> right. the end the of the line. The further back the line you are, mm-hmm. the less like the leader you look. Yeah. Great example. Absolutely. So imitating God, not those imitating God. Not Again, not that it's bad to imitate mm-hmm. those imitating God. That's a lot of how we learn who God is, mm-hmm. is through others. But ultimately, we need to know who God is. And that gets back to these other disciplines we're talking about. Yeah, we not have to, to be... bring up regurgitated again, but <laughs> we have to study. <laughs> she brought it up, not me. Let's, let's put that in the notes, please. <laughs> yeah, we have to know who God is. So the two primary things then coming out of that chapter 432 in that God forgave us. And then looking here at verse two, live a life filled with love. Those would be the two primary things that we are imitating God in are his forgiveness and in his love. Of course, mm-hmm. love being over all. And we see that all through the new Testament, just this idea of love being God's defining characteristic, yeah. being our defining characteristic as Christ followers, what shows the world that we are his followers. It's our love for each other. So that would be the, the ultimate thing is that we imitate God in his love and in his forgiveness. And then we get into this whole passage here that gives, again, yet another list of do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have the don'ts followed by the, but you can do this. Right, right. And we aren't going to go through this whole list right now. We're going to pick out a few of them and just mention them. But we would encourage you in your study of this, or maybe even as a group, to just take a minute, mm-hmm. make a list of these are the things that it says to don't do. I have them underlined in orange. And then the things that we are to do, and I have them highlighted in green. So what are we to not do? And actually, if you look there, I feel like there's the green outweighs the orange here. And I like that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) He's telling us how we do it. Not just don't do these things, not just abstain from these things, but here's how you should live. Here's how you can live. I love that. I love that. So some of these things here that we can point out or, or one of the things I think that I want to point out is verse four 
It talks about obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. And it says, these are not for you. Mm-hmm. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Now, that seems like, to me, such a strange juxtaposition. Like, don't have this foolish, coarse talk. Instead, be thankful. Right. <laughs> like, as if this foolish, coarse talking is ingratitude, which it's not necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's more talking about, I think, um, what our spirit is like. So a lot of times when we're joking with people, it's a playfulness. Yeah. Usually. Right. Right. We're, when we're joking, when we're telling these stories, this foolish talk, our intent is lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, let your lightheartedness instead be focused in gratitude be focused in joy and thanking God for all of these things. Thankfulness comes back in verse 20, give thanks for everything to God. And so I see this as a theme here, kind of bookends this whole section, you know, don't do all of these things, do all of these things, but thankfulness kind of here at the beginning. And then again, at the end of this list, just reminding us, and I think it's specifically pertinent to us as this podcast is called looking above right thankfulness gratitude forces us to look above Mm -hmm. it forces us to not look at the things of the world which a big part of this passage is talking about we'll get to that in a minute but it it forces us to look at what god has done for us and this church They were well aware. And if we look in Acts and all of the New Testament, we're looking at the early church. They were so aware of what Jesus had done for them. Yeah. His sacrifice, his giving his life, his resurrection, the forgiveness. This was so huge to them. And sometimes we kind of make it commonplace. We just accept it Mm -hmm. because it's something that, I don't know, it's just... We've come to just gloss over it in many ways, God's forgiveness. But he's saying, be thankful. Yeah. Set your hearts on thankfulness to God. Look above all of this other stuff. That should be one of our primary disciplines. Yes. Is gratitude. You were saying gratitude has been really a theme that's coming back yeah. For you lately, what is God teaching you about gratitude right now? Um, well, I'm having a hard season with my daughter. She's just, you know, you go through those seasons where everything, where she will be very respectful and obedient. And then it's like two weeks later, it's like, oh my gosh, do you know any, <laughs> like, did I not teach you anything? <laughs> Who are and you? it is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I get a bad attitude and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I will feel convicted because I don't make the situation any better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have been seeing and hearing and God has been bringing gratitude and the practice of it to me a lot. Mm -hmm. So practicing it every morning or even this morning, we had a rough start before school. Mm -hmm. Um, Just reminding myself how thankful I am for just the little things we have, but also just for God's strength to carry me through that mm. those mornings. And like, right. thank you, God, because I am weak in this moment, but I know you will provide. Um, being thankful for that really just changes your outlook. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. That makes it practical. So let's look at, let's jump down to verse six. 
He says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. So as we go into this next section and even looking back to verse five, which is what he's referring to, don't be fooled by those who excuse these sins. Mm -hmm. He talks about immorality, impurity, and greed, idolatry, those things here. So... I think in the modern church, we are very grace focused, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Is God gracious? Yes, he is perfectly gracious. He is infinitely mm-hmm. gracious. But Paul is saying at the same time, we still need to call a spade a spade. Right. Sin is still sin and we still need to recognize it, don't excuse it, and don't participate in it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get into this next section about light and darkness, but here he's just, before he gets to that, just reminding us sin is a big deal. Yeah. If it weren't for sin, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. So we can't on the backside of Christ's sacrifice make sin feel like less. Well, Jesus already died for it. So it's not that big a deal. God is so gracious. So it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. He's going to forgive me. So it's not that big of a deal. He's saying we still have to recognize sin is always sin, will always be sin, is always heinous. Mm -hmm. Don't excuse it. Don't downplay it. Yeah. I will read out of the book of Romans chapter six speaks to this because this is an argument that some in the church will make is that because God's going to forgive me, I, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. If I still sin, it's never okay. Will it be forgiven? Yes. Is there grace for it? Yes. But that doesn't mean sin is less terrible. So Romans 6, 16, 15 and 16 says, so since God's grace has set us free from the law, does this mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive his approval. So just because we have grace, should we go on sinning? No, of course not. No. Well, and it separates us from God. And so even though he's forgiven us, then we choose to separate ourselves. That doesn't really make any sense. Right. And like we've said so many times, God didn't give us these rules in air quotes to give us rules. He wasn't trying to say, you just need to be obedient and you need to black and white, follow all of these Mm -hmm. rules. It was, this is the best way for you. I love you Mm -hmm. so much. Do this so that you can have a good life. Right, right. And I think it's not just this is what's best for you, but this is what's best for you in relationship as well. So this is what's also best for others. So as we follow Christ, as we become more like him, we become less focused even on ourselves and more focused on others. And so I start to recognize that my actions aren't just affecting me, Mm -hmm. but they're also affecting you. They're also affecting the rest of the body and therefore God wants us to do what's best for all of us that we might all be as the theme of this whole book is brought to unity. Yeah. When we are sinning, when we aren't living our best life, it causes disunity. It causes harm. It causes fracture in relationships. An example that I have of this is, you know, it talked about the obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes. And a few years ago, God convicted me of 
joking and sarcasm. Now, I will not say that all joking is bad (laughs) or even that all sarcasm is bad. There is a place for humor and there's a place for humor in the church. But God convicted me that sometimes our humor has an underlying truth to Mm -hmm. it. So we will joke with somebody and then say, oh, I was just kidding. But really what was underlying that sarcasm was, yeah, that's actually my true feeling about you. (laughs) Yeah. And so God had convicted me that I need to be more cautious with my joking because it can be hurtful. And so because he wants me to be in right relationship with others, I need to be careful of what I say, even in joking, because it can cause damage. And I told you and uh, the, the confessional group that we meet with a few weeks ago that I had actually like a day or two before that I had mm-hmm. said something to a friend and I said it in joking. But as soon as the words left my mouth, I thought I should not have said that. That could have just harmed my friend. Those words, there was just a hint of truth to that Mm -hmm. enough that that could cause my friend pain. And so I had to go back to that friend and say, I'm so sorry for those words that I said. And the friend was like, I don't even remember you saying that. And I was (laughs) like, well, let me remind you, this is what I said. And it was wrong and I shouldn't have. And will you please forgive me for that? So it's just... We have these rules to help us do what's best, to help us live in best relationship. And is it hard to go back to a friend and say, I shouldn't have done that? Is it hard to, you know, look at this list and say, I did these things and I shouldn't have done them. And to confess that, like we talked about before, absolutely, that's hard. But it also brings us closer to the heart of God, brings us more to towards Christ likeness. So let's talk about darkness and light. For a couple minutes here, when we see darkness and light in scripture, the words are literally darkness and light in the physical sense, but Mm -hmm. usually they're speaking of spiritual darkness and spiritual light. So this darkness usually also has to do with death and light is always equated with life. Life. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about this light here in verses eight, nine, 14, all through there, we're talking about this manifestation of God's life in us that illuminates and reveals and brings others to light. Mm -hmm. And so he's telling us, you used to be full of darkness, but now because of your new nature, which we talked about putting on the new nature last Mm -hmm. week, now your nature is light. And this light only produces what is good and right and true. And some of us struggle with this, right? We come to Christ, but then our lives don't really look a whole lot different. Yeah. We continue to live darkness. We continue to participate in darkness. We continue to hang out with those who are living very dark lives. And this is a caution here. This is saying your life shouldn't look like that anymore. Verse 11 says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. Okay. 
So <laughs> verse 11 says, expose them. Verse 12 says, it's shameful to even talk about it. So that's contradicting that if, at first sounds, sight. Right. That sounds like, wait, what? <laughs> How do I expose them if I don't tell them? Right. Right. And why is he saying it's shameful to even talk about it? Why is he saying don't talk about it? It's because the more that we talk about it, kind of like last week when we talked about the hardening of our hearts, the mm-hmm. more we talk about something, the more commonplace it starts to seem, the less wrong it might start to seem if we just talk about it more if we surround ourselves with it more Mm -hmm. it feels like it's really not that bad yeah it's normal right and sometimes we can even get to the place where we're glorifying sin by just talking about it so much by giving it that much power that we are talking about it all the time and so he's saying that's not how we do this are we to expose it yes but the primary way that we will expose it Verse 14 says the light makes everything visible. So if we've been told that we have the light from the Lord and that light produces what's good and right and true, we have to shine. We have to live our lives in such a way that our lives shine. And when you have light in the room, what does it do? But it casts light into the shadows. Mm -hmm. It's going to bring to light those things that are dark around us. So when Brooklyn and I are in relationship in our office and we're talking, one of us is talking about something God's doing in our life. The other one is hearing that and saying, Ooh, maybe I need to work on that. Right. Right. Oh God. You know, it convicts Mm -hmm. the other. It reminds us of that darkness of that shadow that might still be in our life because we see the light in someone else's life. So the primary way that we do this is just by living it out. Right. Right. Imitating God by shining. Mm -hmm. We will reveal the darkness. Yeah. Were there any other commands in here that stood out to you that you wanted to talk about, Brooklyn? Um, No, I think we got most of them. Um, We did talk earlier about how um, how it says to expose them. Mm -hmm. We talked about how those that are not Christians, we are not necessarily called to Mm -hmm. expose them. Mm -hmm. Not that living in light wouldn't do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but it's not our job to, when they don't know, to condemn someone, condemn. Who, there right. you go. It's not our job to point out. So if you have a friend, <coughs> excuse me, a friend or a coworker or a sister, someone who does not know Jesus, it's not our job to say you're not living right. Yeah. They're not going to understand that at all because they don't live by the same standards that we do. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. Right. But if we live differently, it will illuminate, it will illuminate that. Absolutely. So here's a good example. Verse 18 talks about don't be drunk with wine because that will, that will ruin your life. Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we're not supposed to be drunk. If you are living that out in front of your non-Christian friends, clearly they're going to see, hey, she drinks one drink and then she's done. Mm-hmm. It's going to reveal to them that you live differently. Yeah. Um, but it says, be filled with the spirit. And again, this is God telling us this is what's best for you. And I remember several years ago, and I may have even shared this here before, but I had a women's game night at a church 
and I had a young woman there. She was probably like 24, 25. And we had a blast. We laughed so hard that night. And we got to the end of the night and she looked me straight in the eye and she said, Karen, this is the most fun I've ever had not being drunk. <laughs> and, and it was so revealing to me that we can have so much more fun filled with the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't need to rely on that crutch. We don't Mm -hmm. need to go there and be drunk in order to have a good time. And that's what this is talking about. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not going to ruin our lives. However, drunkenness will. Mm -hmm. And we see examples of that all the time of people's lives who are just dominated by that, which is a good segue into our Discipline. Discipline for the week. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that because fasting has to do a lot with what dominates us. Right. Right. Yes. You want to tell us a little bit about fasting, Brooklyn? So fasting is, I, I think it's not talked about that much oh, no. um, because out of hard. all of the disciplines. Who yeah. wants to do it? <laughs> yeah, it is hard and it definitely takes denying yourself, mm-hmm. which is the point of it. Mm-hmm. So fasting is giving something up to align your heart with God's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you'll hear it, especially through the Bible, about food. Mm-hmm. Right. Karen and I talked about this. <laughs> Both of us have medical conditions mm-hmm. where we cannot give up food. It would be really detrimental to our mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. So there's also other ways you can fast. Right. It could be giving up a food group or social media or TV. I really, mm-hmm. that one has been strong. I want to move my TVs out of my house mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you just turn them around to face the wall. Yeah. I just think <laughs> that would be too tempting for Quinn. <laughs> I think I, they have to like go in my Lock basement or something. Yeah. yeah. My um, nephews just recently locked up their dad's television. They told him they wouldn't give it back till he started working. Out. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. They thought they were pretty funny. Very different. But yes, yeah, sometimes we need to lock the thing up. Yeah. I just think we watch TV and it's not even something that's overbearing in my household, but I just think I just thought about all of the times that we watch a show and I'm like, what? We should just be focusing on God in that time. Mm. And I think that'd be really powerful. But anyways. Right. right. Um, and that's the point of fasting. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Is that we take something and we replace it with a focus on God, an intentional focus yeah. on him. So when they talk about fasting with food, our bodies give us signals physical signals that you are hungry, right. you need to eat. Yep. And so the point is with food is when you feel that hunger, mm-hmm. you redirect your mind to God. Right. Um, and it increases your, your closeness with him. It aligns mm-hmm. your heart to his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we see fasting in the old Testament versus the new Testament, there is a little bit of a difference mm-hmm. here. So often in the old Testament, we do see them fasting in in order to, and, and this will carry over to the New Testament, but in order to humble themselves before God. So oftentimes it's when a nation, the nation of Israel, was far from God. Mm-hmm. They hadn't been behaving correctly. And so their fasting was a sign of humility. It mm-hmm. was a sign of repentance. Yeah, and almost which, surrender. Right, and surrender to God. So often it was it was that repentant attitude. We're going to fast in order to get ourselves right with God again. Sometimes we see it in the Old Testament too. And I think this is probably more coming out of the cultural norm, but we see it in times of mourning. Mm -hmm. So someone died and they would fast 
as a sign of their grief, really. And so those aren't necessarily the reasons why we would fast. I mean, absolutely. Could we fast in order to be repentant and to turn our hearts back to God? Absolutely. But God isn't saying you have to do that to be right with me. Right, right. So it's, it is always an act of humility and it is always about drawing near to God. Mm -hmm. That is the purpose of our fasting is to get ourselves in right relationship with him, to humble, humble ourselves before him, to get our eyes fixed back on him. Fasting will reveal to us how ruled we are by bodily appetites, Yeah, whether it be food, whether it be our phone. I think phone fasting is really crucial in our Mm -hmm. generation. When we do that, you realize how many times a day you go looking for it or reaching for it. When you fast from it, 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 you recognize like I am truly ruled by this physical thing. The other thing is, is when you're fasting, you will be attacked. Just like when mm. Jesus was fasting mm-hmm. in the desert for 40 days, he was attacked over and over, even with Satan even used God's word against him. And then he spoke truth back to it. But right. I noticed when uh, I was phone fasting, there was mm-hmm. a Sunday Quinn and I were going to church and mm-hmm. I decided that day I would not have my phone out at all. So I turned it off and I locked it in a drawer and there was so many this moments. This was the day I thought you were dead, right? Yeah, I okay. needed, just an FYI, do warn your friends because Karen was very worried. <laughs> I had no idea until I got to church. I touch with her. Yes. So yeah, maybe warn your friends or family. But I had so many moments where I could have easily just been like, oh, you know, it's pretty phone. dangerous to drive because we mm-hmm. live out of town. It's dangerous to drive to town on these snowy roads mm-hmm. without a phone. Mm-hmm. And I almost grabbed it and I was like, Brooklyn, People used to not have phones and they still made (laughs) it places. Yeah, you're going to be okay. But there is a lot of like, there will be a lot of uh, pushback from your mind and the enemy. And then that's when it is important to turn back to God. Right. I'm too hungry. I, I'm just going to eat a little snack Mm -hmm. now, whatever those same kind of things. There will be a lot of that appetite, that physical nature will scream at you Mm -hmm. to go back on what you've committed to God to do. Yeah. So we have to push through those moments. That's where it is a discipline. And one of the things we were reading about fasting talks about how self-denial is not natural. It is hard and it is not part of our society. No, (laughs) that is not not something that we practice is self-denial. So it's very countercultural to do this. But just as are all of the disciplines, it's countercultural. It's mm-hmm. anti-human nature. There's a reason we discipline ourselves. It's for the good that it brings. And that brings us to the fact that sometimes people like to manipulate fasting. Sometimes mm-hmm. people will use a fast to try to manipulate God. I want this, so I'm going to fast, if so I, God will give it to yes, me. Yes, if I fast, then God will hear my prayers. Then God mm-hmm. will do this thing. And we will reiterate, God is not a genie. This is not witchcraft where you have to follow some Mm -hmm. magic formula or put in the potion, the right ingredients. That's not the way that God works. We don't manipulate God. If we are going into fasting with a heart of, I'm going to do this for what I can get out of God, then our heart is not right in why we're fasting. The fast is always about us drawing closer to God, Mm -hmm. becoming more like God and surrendering to God. So often in times of fasting, that's when God will reveal things to people, show us the sin that's in our lives, show Mm -hmm. us where we are far from him. That's why we do it is so that he can bring things into the light. Yeah, definitely. So don't go about fasting as a 
if I do this, then God's going to hear my prayers. Right. That's not how it works. No, no. And it's just a dangerous mentality to have about God. Mm -hmm. We're here for God. We do what he wants. Not He's not here to grant us all our wishes. Mm -hmm. Does he love us? Does he work for good in our lives? Absolutely all the time. But our heart should not be about controlling him. Yeah. Yep. If you cannot fast food, mm-hmm. or even if you can, we just want you to pray about um, what it would look like for mm-hmm. you to fast something, maybe over this next week, or even like, I know that it is not really, it doesn't make a lot of sense to fast your phone for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about it. I want to do it. <laughs> it would not work out with work or, yeah. or communication with teachers or anything like that. But maybe you fast it for a day or even an afternoon if you can't do a day. Right. Um, starting smaller, just like that we've talked about with other disciplines. Start small and grow. Right. Right. Absolutely. And maybe, like you said, maybe it's a day. I used to mm-hmm. do tech-free Tuesdays and in the summertime, and this was before I had a job and had to be on a computer, but I used to do a day where yeah. I did, we did no technology in our house for that whole day. So yes, there are other ways to put this into practice. Maybe it's even fasting one of these things here, yeah. maybe the foolish talk or coarse jokes or Maybe it's swearing. You know how people will like wear a rubber band on their arm and snap themselves every time they swear (laughs) when they're trying to get out of swearing. But maybe it's something like that that's when you recognize that you've done that thing, taking or that you're about to do that thing, take that time and instead pray. Or like this said, be grateful. Replace that with gratitude. Replace the negative with the positive. It's a chance for us to eradicate some of these desires in our life that rule us. Yep. So, well, thank you all for joining us today. We hope that you have a great week. Think about this, how you might incorporate this in your lives. And as always, keep looking Looking above. above.